So here's one of my favorite questions. How are you being so public about something that is technically illegal in most places? That is a great question. Welcome to Inside with Caduce. Okay, so why do I work with magic mushrooms? Why do I recommend them? I truly believe that one of the simplest paths to live a meaningful life is to actually share the things that we find along the way that have had a profound impact on our lives. So with this episode, I'm going to share my personal story about how magic mushrooms have impacted my life. Then I'm going to share some of the breakthrough science that we now know about psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms that has had such an impact on so many people. And then I'm going to answer some of the questions that I get asked a lot about this stuff. So I haven't actually shared my story in this way, but if I can think of one good reason why I would, it's to get this message across about why magic mushrooms matter. Okay, so when I was navigating the darkest time in my life during an agonizing decision to divorce, and my usual wellness practices felt like throwing a cup of water on a wildfire, magic mushrooms were one of the things that I deployed to help me get out of that valley. First, it was a featured ingredient in a sacred sound journey that provided the clarity that I needed to make the decision. Then a year later, it was a microdose protocol with magic mushrooms that helped me in the midst of the pandemic as I was rebuilding my life in Colorado. In both cases, what I noticed was that these mushrooms worked as a great revealer of what I needed to face off with. They were like a mirror that helped me to see myself clearly after accumulating a whole lot of dirt on the windshield. I love what Michael Pollan said in the metaphor about how we can typically go down the same ski slope in our minds over and over again. Most of us have these habitual thought loops that are the equivalent of skiing down the same tracks, but psychedelics are a way to go down a new neural pathway in our mind that can lead to a very different solution. And that's exactly what I experienced. I was having the hardest time accepting that there were incompatibilities in my life because I had a habitual thought pattern and a story that fed into that. But then that night with sound and psychedelics, I had a window into a deeper truth and my whole system and soul responded to it. After months of not sleeping, taking all the advice under the sun, being on prescription meds and becoming suicidal when I tried to get off them, I had a breakthrough that night thanks to that sound and those psychedelics helping me carve out a new ski slope in my mind. It was a reminder of the possibilities beyond those thought loops, along with the wind at my back to do something about it. Then a year later, when I found myself in a new relationship that brought me out to Boulder, Colorado, when nothing about my life looked or felt familiar, and I was still experiencing the ripple effects of my divorce and how I decided to give her the business that we had built together, I made another important decision to work with a shamanic guide on a microdosing protocol that provided just enough of that alternative ski slope to go down so that I could build a completely new life that included an awakening about how important psychedelics can be as we navigate what it means to be human. So I've become a shamanic guide and sound facilitator myself to help others with these tools the same way that I've been supported. And it's been amazing. So now let's talk about why magic mushrooms can have the kind of impact that they have. Psilocybin is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms that activates the serotonin system in the brain and the nervous system. Now, serotonin is a well-known neurotransmitter, and it's a part of a complex system with several receptors that tune the brain in different ways. 
One of these receptors is called the serotonin 2A receptor. And there's been some really big breakthroughs in the discovery that Robin Carhart talked about recently on the Andrew Huberman podcast. And it's about how it's a key to psilocybin working in the brain. So it involves a number of important functions, the serotonin 2A receptor, including regulation of mood, sleep, and thinking processes. Research actually now shows that activating the 2A receptor with psilocybin can make the brain operate with greater flexibility, allowing separate regions of the brain to connect that weren't connecting before and for them to all communicate more easily. This is actually called neurogenesis or the formation of new neural pathways. It's connections like the ones that psilocybin make possible help with alleviating anxiety, depression, and burnout and can reset the brain in a really healthy way, creating incredibly positive outcomes in mood, clarity, and performance after using psilocybin. So magic mushrooms have effectively gone from being magic to also now science. Okay, so now I'm going to answer some of the questions that I've gotten recently in a speed round. How do I get magic mushrooms is one question. Unfortunately, magic mushrooms are still technically illegal in most places, Although there's some exciting progress in places like Colorado that will make it more accessible in the next few years. So in the meantime, it is one of those things that you've got to know somebody that knows somebody. But the good news is, you know me (laughs) and I know someone. And so feel free to reach out on Instagram or my website if you want to explore what magic mushrooms could be for you. So here's one of my favorite questions. How are you being so public about something that is technically illegal in most places? That's a great question. It took me a long time to come out of the psychedelic closet, so to speak, and have this conversation publicly. But the main reason I did it at this point is that public opinion on this has shifted so drastically from the time when it was made illegal with the war on drugs and all the propaganda that's been revealed as BS. Seeing someone like an Andrew Huberman, who is well-respected in the science community, talk about how the common belief that psychedelics make you crazy is actually the opposite of what they've found after rigorous testing. So it seems like based on what we're seeing in the space that not a lot of prosecutors want to put winning a case against mushrooms on their resume. And so it makes the issue basically benign. So while this isn't exempt from risk, I would say that ultimately intention matters and that I think people are looking at this as a solution to a mental health crisis that we have now more than ever. And so even though it's technically illegal, we have gotten to a point in our society where we are looking at this differently. These types of amazing substances have been featured on Time magazine covers as breakthrough substances that can help society, as opposed to the covers of magazines back when Nixon was around talking about it being this evil thing that was going to fry your brain. So things have shifted dramatically. And I think most people would agree that it's actually a helpful thing at this point, depending on who it's being facilitated by and where you're actually sourcing these substances. But overall, I'm feeling like at this point, really sound advocacy and education around this is really important. And I'm willing to take the risk. Next question. What's the best way to experience them? Well, it really depends on what you want the outcome to be, whether it's just recreational or you want to just feel a buzz similar to what people who go out and drink alcohol feel like, or you want to have more of a spiritual and transformational experience with them to get clarity on a big decision you want to make or to take advantage of it in a healing capacity. I'd say if you resonate with having a deeper dive with them as a breakthrough tool, 
then I would recommend something like the Sound Sanctuary Experience I facilitate or a microdosing protocol, which I also guide people through. Obviously, a little biased as a recommendation, but whoever you work with, just make sure that they're actually vetted. Okay, next question. How often should I do mushrooms? Well, if you're exploring a microdose protocol, I would recommend taking breaks so that you can see where your baseline is now and not developing any kind of dependency for it. If you're exploring in a bigger, more intentional experience like a sound sanctuary, I'd say that it really depends on what's driving the decision. And if you've been integrating what you've gotten from the other experiences you've had. So let's say you had a major insight from your last journey and you haven't been doing anything with that insight for whatever reason. And now you want to go do another journey because it feels like an easier way to feel good instead of doing the hard work involved with integrating that last insight. You might want to consider focusing your energy on integrating that last insight you already got. I'd say if you're in a moment like I was going through my divorce where it's an acute situation and you know doing a proper journey every few months might be needed for a full reset of what you've had going on because it's such a seismic shift in your life then that's a different story because you've had so much going on and it could use that extra support. It really all comes down to your own discernment, your own wisdom about what you need to move forward powerfully in your life. All right, next question. What are some examples of results, case studies? Obviously, I'm a bit biased, but the results that I've seen are truly incredible. And I've actually been approaching my work with psychedelics as objectively and scientifically as possible since There is a lot at stake, but these mushroom experiences have had extremely positive results. I've seen people rekindle their passion and start playing guitar again. I've seen people get clarity on a dream project and take massive action to make it happen. I've seen people who have been dealing with a traumatic brain injury get relief and start sleeping better. And the list goes on, but let me read you the results from a poll that I took on Instagram when I asked my community how they would describe their psychedelic experiences. One person said straight magic, but real magic from reality. Another person said life-changing. Another person said it's something that can't be described. Everyone has a different experience. It's felt. Another person said rebirth is an understatement. Another person said fun, then scary, then fun again (laughs) with a laughing emoji. Another person said transmagical. That should be a word. It's not a word currently, but should be a word. Next person said expansive. Another person said interstellar. Another person just had a bunch of exclamation points in their response. Another person said awakening. Another person said each time was different, powerful, insightful healing. Another person said mind-blowing, a journey full of love, but it was also scary before I surrendered. Really, really important comment right there. Another person said healing with an exclamation point. Another person said I now think of my life in terms of before that experience and after. Another person said, so soul expanding that I know that I know nothing now. It's an open playing field of creation. Another person said, scary, less scary, illuminating, a journey like your life has opened up and become brighter. So as you can see, it's not a scientific study, but anecdotal as it is, a lot of the people in my community are having really positive experiences. Okay. So next question is, what if I'm scared? Essentially, what if this goes sideways? So I'd say most of the time, bad trips have to do with the set and setting being off. So that means our mindset not being clear going into it or the setting that we're in for it not being ideal. 
the key is to go into it with as much intention and trust as possible so you can truly let go and let what it wants to show you flow. If we resist what occurs for us in the experience, it can be absolutely painful and difficult. But then again, that's life too, right? And so as far as the prospect of you blowing up your life afterwards, that's precisely why I recommend working with someone like me who specializes in psychedelic integration coaching. So you can actually connect the dots and have it add up to improvements in your life rather than what might occur as ruptures. So whether you go with someone like me or not, if you think you want to do it by yourself, it definitely helps to prioritize your integration in the weeks that follow a big psychedelic experience. So it could look like meditating more, spending more time in nature, journaling more, or just approaching life with a bit more of a slow pace than you usually would. So you can really slow down enough to connect more dots and take the wisest moves. I definitely recommend not making any major life decisions post-ceremony. I would say give it at least a week and at least a few conversations with really sound counsel before making any big life decisions. Okay. The last question here I'm going to answer today is what if I'm on antidepressants? So I'd say if you're on antidepressants, you might be able to have a lower dose of mushrooms, but I would consult with a medical professional who's familiar with what you're on before doing that. Microdosing mushrooms can be a great alternative to being on antidepressants, but there can be complications getting off antidepressants. So it's really important to consult with your doctors before doing that. And that is today's episode. Hope this episode was helpful. And if you have any other questions, please, please reach out to me at Caduce on Instagram. That's Q-U-D-D-U-S on Instagram or my website, caduce.co. Happy to help and excited for you to journey well in this psychedelic space. 